Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. All right. See a show of hands. Who's ready to get back at it? Who wants a jazz game tonight? Who's ready to go? Uh, we got Joe Ingles coming up later this hour. Had him on late in yesterday's show, and you'll hear him talk about how weird it was not to have a game Thursday. So weird. Um, but I think it's good. I think that, uh, you know, you go through that meat grinder, you're on the road, you're playing back-to-back, and you've got an early game Sunday, three games in four days, and this stuff adds up, you know, and they looked weary. They looked a little better against Boston, but they didn't really look like they were back to, you know, full strength, full speed, all juiced up, ready to go. And I think it comes down to, you know, how many days do you get in the schedule where you don't have to play and you don't have to fly? PK loves to tell the story about, um, you know, in his college basketball days, the best road trip. Usually you fly somewhere Wednesday, there's a game Thursday, got to stay up late writing a story, fly Friday, another game Saturday, come home Sunday. That was kind of the routine. But there was no point in going to Hawaii. It was super expensive, and the game was so late you missed deadlines just because of the time difference. (laughs) So the writers have to go to San Diego. One writer go there, sit and write both BYU and Utah, and they just take wire stories that were from Hawaii and way the heck late. So, just not having to travel on Friday, and let's face it, you were in San Diego, uh, made for a great trip, and I really think anyone who's traveled can appreciate this. If you're not working, and you're not flying, it really does feel like a day off, and you feel different. And so I think the Jazz were a little better Tuesday, because the game Sunday was early, so they could fly back after the game, and not have to play or fly Monday. And now not having to play or fly on Wednesday or Thursday, I expect we'll see them looking better. Um... I don't know how long Mike Conley is out. I don't have any inside information. We know he was 19 games with a hamstrings, a hamstring injury last year. <laughs> with the hamstrings. Uh, with the hamstring injury last year. And we've heard this isn't as bad as that, but you can also re-aggravate it when you try to come back and go through a practice or something. So I, I personally try not to put too much stock in that. seems like things can change pretty quickly anyway. I do think I would be surprised to find out that he plays it back-to-back. Uh, with them playing Friday and Saturday here. That that would surprise me. So I kind of think he's not going to play tonight. But, you know, we'll see how it goes. And the other thing is, do, do they really need him? You know, they got a good team. They're playing well. They absorbed the loss of Joe Ingles, which I think was four games. They absorbed the loss of Donovan Mitchell, which was two games. They absorbed the first two games here that Mike Conley has missed, whether it ends up being two or whether that number grows to three, four, whatever. Uh, you know, get him healthy for the playoffs. You know, Quinn Snyder was asked about this a couple weeks ago, you know, uh, how much do you care about seeding? He says, the number one thing I want is us playing well. And if you're playing well, then you probably have better seeding. So it kind of goes hand in hand. And I would just add health, and which he would probably say, well, it's hard for the team to really be its best if you're missing a key piece or key pieces. So it all does kind of add up, you know, play your best. Well, then you're going to get your best seeding. You're probably going to be healthy. But you got to be healthy for the playoffs. And there's no sense in pushing the envelope with Mike. Um they got Milwaukee tonight. Uh, Milwaukee was off last night. Uh, they're coming in off a loss. They lost on Wednesday. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo went for 47, which is probably good news because he probably doesn't have another 47-point game. But they lost to the Suns, and he had a shot at the end to win the game. But it was a perimeter shot. He's 0-4 from 3. You know, keep him away from the hoop. He's deadly getting to the hoop. But if you can turn him into a jump shooter, you got a chance. And he was 0-4 against the Suns from the three-point line. Missed the shot pretty much straight away. Um, they could have won the game. You know, if you can get him out to 20 feet or get him out to the three-point line, then you're better off. 
Uh, we've had a lot of discussions here about the Jazz. I'm interested to see what happens with Milwaukee because this continues our tour of kind of the best in the East. They got Miami on Saturday. They got Philly on Monday, who is leading the East. And then they'll turn around and play the best in the West because they got a couple games coming up pretty quick with the Clippers in LA and a game with the Lakers at home. So it'll find out kind of the, the best regular season measurement you can get of how good this Jazz team is. And I know there's a lot of people, you know, the Jazz aren't getting any respect, and Shaq's comments on TV carried a lot of weight, and I realize set a tone and people don't like that. But if you start clicking around, and there's a limit to how much of this I want to do because it's just people's opinions, and you can't possibly know now how the playoffs are going to go months from now. You just can't. Look at the surprises we've gotten in the playoffs, sometimes in the NBA Finals with injuries. So you can't possibly know. But still, the power rankings are there. It's fun. It's something to talk about. It's something to look at, even though we full full well know it's going to change in a week or two. Um, and I checked The Athletic and ESPN. And, I mean, you can go, you know, if you're hardcore, you can go check SI or check what other website you like. Uh, CBSSports.com, Yahoo, whoever. They've all got them. But I figured I'd check a couple, and I stopped because of what I saw. <laughs> I went to ESPN.com, and they had the Lakers 1 and the Jazz 2, which was actually up either two or three spots from the week before for the Jazz as they went from 15-5 and five to 19-5. and five. And obviously, they've now since won. They beat Boston, um, but they came out on Monday. So, you know, the Jazz won that game on Tuesday. And so they had the Lakers 1 and the Jazz 2. And you thought, okay, well... I mean, it's not the standings, but the standings are so close. You know, is that really a big deal? And they had, the, for what it's worth, they had the, the Clippers 3, the Sixers 4, who we will see Monday, and the Bucks 5. So you can see the Jazz are getting ready to play the best teams in the league. Then you go to the Athletic, and they got the Jazz 1 and the Lakers 2. They just flip-flopped the top two. So you're right there, and the only way that the Jazz can really get the respect everybody wants, they got to win the title. You know, rip it away from LeBron. LeBron's the gold standard. LeBron's the guy. LeBron's the defending champ. And if you haven't, you know, with the exception of the one year he's hurt, every other year, you know, he's gotten beat in the finals. I mean, it's, it's a remarkable stretch. He's been to the finals nine times in ten years. And he's won four of them. And he's lost five and then uh, had the one where, uh, you know, he didn't make it because he was hurt. So you just look at it and it's like, well... <laughs> what, what what do you expect? <laughs> you got to beat LeBron. That's always the test. That is always the final exam in the NBA. So I think if they're ranked one or two, you know, personally, I think you have to say that the Lakers are the favorite to win the title. And now when you're doing the power rankings now, it's just how do you like what you've seen through, you know, you know the first 25 games of the season. And so if you want to rank the Jazz one, fine. But I, I think the Lakers are still the favorite. You know, they're, they're the favorite until they're beat. And there's been plenty of stuff out there. I retweeted yesterday Jalen Rose, and Rose did an almost two-minute rant. It was a little under. It was like a minute 45 or something set on there. You can go find it on my Twitter feed, David DJ James. And he said, if anyone's going to beat the Lakers, it's going to be the Jazz. If anyone is going to beat the Lakers, it's not going to be the Clippers. And if anyone's going to beat the Lakers, it's not going to be the Nuggets. He totally left out the East. Of course, he was, he was riffing. I don't know how serious it was. When you see it, he was, he was really selling it. It was very, it was, um, it was Stephen A. Smith sort of 
as far as passion, but not as much as anger. And he was actually laughing at his uh, co-host because, <laughs> because he'd been pumping the jazz and the co-host was running out of things to say about the jazz rather than like, mm, maybe you're right, Jalen. And no co-host ever wants to admit his partner is right. Trust me, PK and I have been going through this for years. Nobody wants to go, oh yeah, I was totally wrong. You were spot on. You totally saw it. Nobody wants to say that. The truth is they're all crazy predictions that everybody has to say at some time. So I think there's plenty of respect out there for him. And the way they can really pile it on is go through this, uh, go through a stretch and win. And if you win without Conley, you know all the better because that. And that's actually been written in some of these comments. Like, yeah, they're playing well, and they didn't even have a Conley. And you know, Conley's got these uh, for all the people who are in analytics. Conley's numbers when he's on and off the court. I mean, it's just night and day. I mean, it's just totally different. <laughs> it's just unbelievable how good the Jazz are with him on the court. His numbers just blow everybody else away, including Rudy Gobert, whose numbers, whose numbers are awesome himself. So. We'll see how it goes tonight with the Bucs. I, w- I would expect the Jazz get the win and uh, sweep the season series. We'll see how that plays out. We'll get the game tonight. It's 7 o'clock, pregame at 6 with uh, Jake and with Tim. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe here uh, at 6 o'clock to get you ready for that game and then turn around and do it with the, uh, with the Heat. And uh, you know They've had all kinds of injuries, although they're getting Jimmy Butler back now. He's starting to play again, so he's back in the lineup. Uh, they missed Drogic for a big chunk of the season. Myers Leonard is out for the year. He had shoulder surgery. So uh, he's done for the year. So it's, uh, it has not been a good run of health for the Heat. You know, they hit the jackpot and went to the finals last year, but it's been really different this year. Although with Butler back, they ought to start playing better. So big weekend for the Jazz. Three games in the next four days. They've had a couple days to rest up. Wouldn't be surprised to see them come out and shoot the three really well tonight. They've had a couple games here where they've shot below their season average, and I think we've got a big enough sample size to know that they're going to get back to that average, and I expect they're going to do it pretty quickly too. All right, DJ and PK. For you Jazz fans, we've got Joe Ingles coming up later in the hour. And uh, Joe is always <laughs> is in great form. So uh, we'll get to that coming up. And coming up next, Larry Kristoviak and the Utes pick up a road win. Kind of mangled it there at the end, but they got the W and got out of there. And we will get to that next, and we'll hear from Larry. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Well, the Utah Utes do it, they get a win. So they've won three in a row. They've won five out of seven. They're playing a little better basketball here. i got to say it was not their most inspiring win. But, hey, looks like a line drive in the box score, right? <laughs> it is a win. It was a game they mangled in the final minute, a game they should have put away and, and had under control. It, it just reminded me a couple weeks ago, I was talking about the Utes and saying, you know, you just don't know who they are game to game. And PK tops me with, you don't know who they are, half to half. And sure enough, it happened again. Utes are up 42-32 at the half. They close the half on a uh, like a 12-1, 11-1, 12-1 run and seem to be, you know, taking control of the game. And you're like, okay, that was a good run to close the half. They're playing well now. If they come out with a strong open 
to the second half, then Cal will probably go away. I mean, they're you know, two and twelve; they're terrible. And when you, when you're on a bad team, and trust me, in high school I played on bad name, teams. I know how this works. Uh, and it starts to go south. It is natural to say, oh, "Here we go again." Uh, but instead, instead of slamming the door, the Utes opened it wide open. Not for the last time in this game, and Cal went on a on a big run, eighteen to eight. Not, not so much a run, just kind of warm down and control play for about eight minutes, and had that thing tied up at fifty. And then it was back and forth, back and forth, and you just pulled away, and they opened up a little bit of a lead, and they knew they were going to get to the free throw line in the final minute. Cal was going to have to put them on the free throw line to stop the clock and have any chance to come back in the game. And sure enough, the Utes got to the line in the final minute six times and only made two of the free throws, and once again opened the door on a winnable game. And Cal nearly walked through it. Nearly, but you know, they're just snake bit themselves. And Utes had the ball with a second left, up two, and turned it over. And Cal had a three to win and missed it, and got the rebound, and the Utes fouled. So now it's two free throws to win, to tie the game and send it to OT, make the first, miss the second, and the Utes get out of there with a win. Yikes. Against a 2-12 and team. But they had a couple of really good chances to slam the door on. But it's the Utes, and you just don't know what you're going to get. You know, the, you get a run that's pretty good, and then you have a series, just a stretch that's, that's no good at all. Um, you know, there were some silver linings in there. I mean, the first thing is they got the win. You know, we, we can complain about what the win looked like, but at least they got the win. Um, Cal's no good, but they got the win. And, you know, it kind of sets them up um, in the race going forward here. They're going to play Stanford on the weekend. Stanford got blown out by Colorado. Blown out 69-51. So Oregon State also lost to Arizona. The Utes were tied with Oregon State, so now they're a half game in front of them. And now they are a game behind Arizona and a game behind Stanford. And Arizona's not going to the conference tournament. So right now, you know, Utah's got to beat Stanford, and that'll put them percentage points behind because it's COVID. And, of course, they played a different number of games. Um, but at least I'll have a fight and chance down the stretch to get in front of Stanford and get a bye. Top five teams get a bye. And if Arizona is one of the top five, then the top six will get a bye. And right now the Utes are, are sitting in the, uh, in the seventh spot. A half game in front of Oregon State, who is eighth. And they play Oregon State twice, who's right behind them. And they've got a game here with Stanford, who's right in front of them. They also have to play the top four teams in the league. They've got to play USC and UCLA and Oregon and Colorado. So we'll see how the Utes do down the stretch. Cal was probably the easiest game on the schedule. And uh, it wasn't smooth looking, but they won. And really, one game to the next doesn't matter for the Utes. One half to the next doesn't matter. They got the W, but Stanford Saturday night will be a totally different deal. Stanford's not going well themselves after that 69-51 uh, loss. Uh, you know, for the Utes, it, it seems like there's a different hot guy every game. And Ian Martinez, a freshman, 16 points, a lot of them late in the game. That was a bright spot in the final 10 minutes was that he started heating up and got him some big hoops when they really needed to kind of pull away and get a little space between them and Cal. So, All right, Utes get the win. Here's Larry Kristoviak, the head coach on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Larry, I know a win is a win, and no matter how you get it, it's still a win. But Yes, sir, that's right, Trevor. How, how do you feel, though, with how that ended, though? Well, come on. I mean, uh, uh, it, it – I was really, we were fortunate. Um, You know, it wasn't a typical road celebration in the locker room, but as I shared with our guys that there's a lot of lessons to be learned in life. And it's a little different when we can go back to the hotel here in Berkeley tonight. And, um, 
and still celebrate a win. Road wins are hard to come by, but it was, you know, certainly a, a perfect storm to what could have been a, a disaster. So fortunately, I'm, you know, and I, I will make improvements. Our individuals that were a part of that uh, finish will make improvements. And, uh, and you know, we're going to move on and, and start focusing on Stanford. So it's, it's uh, you know, not the same kind of vibe you want, but you can, you can have learning lessons in life and, and not, you know, be disastrous. I think we can make a positive out of it. Moving on to Ryan. Hey coach. So uh, what exactly happened with Ryan Jones and when did you kind of know he wasn't going to be available today? And then kind of like part two of that question is how do you think Ian Martinez played in his position? Yeah, I'm not going to discuss too much about our injuries, but uh, you know, I thought Ian stepped up big time five for five from the free throw line uh, made some, you know, buckets at a critical point in the game, the end out of bounds three pointer when the, when the, when they went under stepped up and we've challenged him in practice um, and it was nice, you know, it wasn't an easy week for Ian. I think, uh, you know, we're grinding out or pushing him and to be able to come into a game on the road and, and have some success. I think everybody's super happy for him. So it was, you know, it was a uh, big time performance on his part tonight and a, and a great contest, uh, late in that game to getting a block shot. There were a lot of things he did, uh, defensively for us beside, beside just on the offensive end too, Ryan. All right, moving on to Josh Newman. Larry, just to follow up on what, um, on, excuse me, on what Ryan asked, um, you know, with Ian, however he's been practicing, did you at all have a sense that he was ready for some kind of breakout, some kind of breakthrough here? Well, I mean, I don't ever uh, have those kind of expectations. I just know that uh, karma is big in basketball. And when you practice hard and you practice focused, uh, and you push yourself, you hope as a coach that, that players get to enjoy the fruits of their labor. And I've, I've seen it for a number of years, uh, you know, coaching, playing, uh, the, you know, the adage that you oftentimes play how you practice is very true. And, and so, uh, you know, I was hoping that as we knew we needed him, you know, without Rylan on the floor. And I thought his athleticism and his length, really helped, uh, really helped us, our team. And I'm just, you know, we're just really proud for him because it's, it's one of those things he can chalk up one of those freshman experiences that man, when I really work hard, uh, the week of a game, uh, all of a sudden I'm getting asked to do an interview post game, you know, on, on TV. So I think those are things that you find a correlation as a, as a young player and you, you can validate what you're doing and, that's all part of the maturation process, I think, for him. So we're all we're re really happy for him. But I can't say I would have predicted it. You know, it's there's a lot of unknowns, and I know he, I know he put himself in a position to be successful, though. Larry, just to follow that up, uh, Brandon picks up his third foul with about 18 minutes to go. Uh, you sit him down. You go back to him with, with about 14 to go. He 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 pretty much went the rest of the way. Just what about the way he played, especially on defense, you know, staying aggressive, but not being overly aggressive with three fouls. Yeah. I think it's, you know, it's hard and Kelly's a load, uh, you know, one of our, our better post post men and they look to get him the ball. So there was a big time challenge uh, for him. I thought he played behind and kind of got himself in harm's way early on, but made some adjustments. 
uh, protected the rim for us. But I think more than anything, the last time we played Cal, I think we took 24 threes, if I'm not mistaken, Josh, and kind of settled from the perimeter. We actually got into that same little flow when we lost our lead. I thought we were settling for some threes and we missed some really good looks, you know, Fonz is missing looks and Pella's missing looks uh, going down the stretch, but we called some interior plays for Brandon and we knew that Cal was going to play straight up. And I thought he had a lot of poise and maturity and, and made some big time baskets, uh, you know, for us at, at critical times in the game. So it was, I think he made some advancements for sure in his game and it was good it's a two-part thing besides just fit finishing in the post. We did a good job of getting him the ball on some post feeds and, and he went to work. So big time. All right, moving along to Jay. Larry, just to follow up with what uh, Josh just asked, did you give in Brandon any instructions and at that time did, or kind of to lay back or anything? Because he was, you know, kind of a good mix of aggressiveness and yet caution. Well, I think the game was a little bit like, you know, what played at three o'clock in the afternoon uh, here on the West Coast. And, you know, one of the things that I wrote on the board uh, is to do your work early. And we were doing our work early with an early game. I think you need to do your work early in the post. And as I mentioned, he, he was uh, kind of the reactor on a couple of plays. And, you know, Kelly does a really good job of posting. It's a little bit of a brawl down there nowadays in uh, college basketball with displacement of guys. But I thought he was – he got caught a little bit um, being the reactor. And then what you saw, you know, I, I think he was – he was – the actor uh, in the second part of the game and beating Kelly to some spots and doing a good job of pulling the chair. But I typically you don't discuss, yeah, you gotta, you know, you can't play as hard. I think it was all kind of in what we talked about during the week is, is initiating the defensive uh, you know, the, the, the uh, competition down there of making sure that you're the, the first one to be on top of it and, and uh, initiate the action and do your work earlier. All right, going back to Josh Newman. Yeah, Larry, I'm just curious how you thought uh, that Pella played. Obviously, with Rylan out, you were going to ask Pella to do more things. He's going to have the ball in his hands more. Uh, you know, he had a few turnovers, but I thought I thought he settled in there in the second half. I'm curious what you know, you know, what yeah. you saw from him. Yeah, I would agree with that. You know, one one of the things that we discussed in the locker room after the game is is. Uh, I thought we got sped up a little bit by some pressure and we got a little bit out of sorts when we were trying to run some of our offense and uh, we we've got to improve on that. But, you know, I thought Pella did a good job of getting to the rim, uh, drew some fouls and, and made, you know, appropriate plays under the circumstances. And we didn't go deep in the bench as you're aware. And, you know, that's, that's a grind, but defensively was, was where he needed to be oftentimes too. And, you know, I think one of the storylines of the game that kind of off topic with Pella's, you know, up until the last four free throws of the game where I think we were one for four, uh, you know, our team, uh, we've been shooting the free throw really well. We got there 27 times, 21 for 27. I think over the last eight games or so, so we've been shooting uh, in the 80%. And those are important. We, we got there, we knocked them down. And you guys remember the stretch of the game where we had about five times we went to the line. And I think we were 
10 for 10, if I'm not mistaken, everybody made them both. And then it got a little bit tight at the end, but that was a, a big part of it. And, and Pella's one of our better free throw shooters. He was what five for six from the line. So a big element as well. All right, go ahead, Trevor. Just seeing of what Ian did today. And then, you know, Fonz had, you know, a, a couple of, of games, you know, really good stretch and, and, and Fonz even had a good first half. Is that, is that one of the benefits to this team is to have kind of that one, one, two punch one uh, normally both of them would be coming off the bench, but today it was one starting and one coming off the bench. Yeah. I think, you know, Trevor, instead of thinking as, as much about, you know, individual guys, it's, uh, or, you know, positions the the whole key to winning basketball games in the pac 12, in my mind, is you try to get, uh, as many guys. And, you, you know, we talk a lot about the wolf, uh, mentality and the pack mentality and our pack is pretty tight, but we, you know, we're only going to be as good as each individual guy. And, you know, I thought Fonz again, we, we executed and got him some shots. They didn't go in. He's not going to make them all. Um, but to be able to win a game and have some other people step up when he's not making all of his shots, I think is important. And hopefully you can get three, four, five guys that are clicking. And then that enhances your chance of winning the game. And that's, you know, with some of those guys stepping up a little bit shorthanded, I thought that was a big key. There's Larry Kristoviak after a crazy wild 76-75 win over Cal. Uh, also, Weber State played last night and they got beat pretty soundly in Montana, 80-67. to so now Eastern Washington beat Montana State, and Eastern Washington's in first place, and they're a game up on Southern Utah, who's not playing this week, and they're SU's second. And then you got to tie for third, a game and a half back, to Weber State and Montana State. And uh, they're playing in duos, so of course uh, they're playing two games in three days. So the Wildcats will go up Montana again on Saturday. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the one and only Joe Ingles. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show. <laughs> With DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union, proudly serving their members and community for over 90 years. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Joe, good morning. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Joe. <laughs> I, I'm curious about many things, but I guess first off, 
I'm wondering, uh, as we all try to imagine, what it's like to be you. Fabulous. It must be great to be you. I'm curious what it is like, what emotion you're feeling with all this winning piling up. Some people feel like winning creates pressure because it creates expectations. Other people think winning is just fun. This is a blast. Other people uh, have other reactions and emotions. I could list a bunch of them. What, what are you feeling now as the wind's pile up what is your individual mood and, and the team mood uh you know when you're in a locker room before or after a game um after the game it's to get home as quick as possible and get to sleep because i'll be up at 6 30 the next morning to get the kids up um pre-game is very much the same i mean honestly it's i think everyone's kind of spoken about it a little bit in, in media and post-game, pre-game, whatever interviews we do. Um, but it's just a... I mean, obviously winning is, is great. We'd rather be 20 and 5 than 5 and 20. But um, just the... Just the, I guess, not being satisfied with, with a win or granted we've had a few in a row or, or whatever the streaks have been. Um, just not being satisfied with it because it's... I mean, you guys have watched how old in 98 and 99 you, mm-hmm. you guys are. Um, you guys have watched for a long time. And, I mean, even for me, seven years now, it's been a, not a lot more losing, but when, there, was a, there was a lot of losing for a long time. And to, to turn that around and, and be where we're at now, um, it's, it's obviously taken time and it's been a process, but um, just not to be satisfied with that because we, we want to keep keep getting better um, every game as you guys know and, and knowing coach pretty well we we can find some things usually every game that we're, we're not very good at or that we haven't done well that game and coach will show them to us and, and be honest about stuff with us and, and I think it's a, the, the best process for us to, to keep keep winning and, and I guess staying focused on winning and um, kind of not getting ahead of ourselves and we, we get told we went on that streak and everyone was you can read stuff about people saying the schedule wasn't that tough, and, and obviously now we've got some some of the top teams in the conferences, and so we just stay focused on that that one game at a time, and um, yeah, just keep getting better each game, um, and I think we've been able to do that. And that's not easy to do, to stay focused like you're speaking of, and you acknowledge that, hey, you did hear, well, you weren't playing some of the top teams, and now going forward, you have a pretty good stretch with starting with Milwaukee, obviously, and the Clippers a couple of times, the Lakers, the Sixers. So how do you approach that on the other end to try to stay focused and not think, oh, man, we've got this set of games that we come out of here, we can really just shut up everybody, that we're really that good? Yeah, I mean, it, it honestly doesn't, from our standpoint, obviously, as, as players and coaches and the guys that are um, kind of in that inner sanctum, so to say, like, we we honestly don't, we don't sit in the locker room and talk about the next five games or who we're playing or if player X has been playing really well leading up to our game or whatever it is. It's just a... It's kind of like a really locked-in feeling of like, guys, like we we know what we need to do as the Jazz to to play well, and obviously, if we play the style and the way we want to play as the Jazz, we feel like we can um, obviously compete and beat any team that's, that that comes to Utah or that, that we go and visit. So um, there's obviously adjustments and game plans and stuff like that that, that comes with every game, but. Um, 
the, the style and the, the way we want to play, we feel like well, obviously we can we can match it with with and beat anyone that's, that's in the league. So um, these will be great challenges. I mean, we're, everyone everyone looks at the schedule at some point and you look at it like yeah, you know the the teams that are coming in and um, yeah, you just obviously the, the first one comes up and you you focus on that and figure out the best best thing and, and the best way we need to play to to be able to win that one and. Like I said, go home and get some rest and, and come back the next day and, and do it again for, for whoever's coming up next. So um, it's kind of a, I guess, more of a short-term approach than, than long, but we also know, flip side of that, winning 10 in a row or, or losing three in a row, whatever you can do in this, this league, um, you've got to be kind of short-minded because you, you are. You either have another game the next day and you need to back it up with a... Another good performance, or you just got smacked, or whatever, and you, you need to fix it before in, in 24 hours before the next game. So um, we've, we've got a great group that, that that stays focused on that, and, and obviously a, a great coaching staff that helps with that. You know, staying focused on that, it's an easy thing to say. It's a, it's a really hard thing to do because you talk about those Jazz teams in the 90s and there's like a five-year run where they probably won 73 74% of the games. It was, it was crazy how much they won. And of the games they lost, a lot of those they lost because just the, the boredom, the routine of it all, you know, the trout. They didn't lose because of talent. They didn't lose because they weren't good enough. They lost because they lost track of the details and just the mind-numbing slew of games you have to play. And I'm curious because Quinn's asking you to do a hard thing, <clears throat> but you're really good at it. And so it comes down to can you stay focused and, and sustain it? And that is pushing the ball and taking the quick three. It's a lot of energy. It's more trips up and down the court in the course of the game. It's easy to turn and jog down court, but you can't. you got to <laughs> run, you know? And, and you're big guys. That I mean, people underestimate how hard it is for a 6'9 or a 7-foot guy to change ends of the floor that many times at that top speed. When did you really get dedicated to it? When did Quinn pitch you on it and you really bought in and thought, he's right, this will work. We can really we can really beat teams doing this. We can beat a lot of teams. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the uh, most common theme clip that I'm in, um, not sprinting up the court either way. Um, my top speed maxes out pretty low. So, um, I mean, it's. I mean, I mean, you guys know, and, and obviously kind of the, the fans that have been really locked in for, for the last seven years with, with Quinn. Like, we, we have not played this way since I've been here six years this is the seventh for me so the first time really obviously the defensive end is is pretty similar we, we know what's successful for us um, on, on that end of the floor um, but but we haven't shot and played the, the I guess like you said the speed the pace mm-hmm. the quick shots um, and then on the to kind of add on to that the offensive rebound and we haven't haven't attacked the glass like that since, since I've been here too so I think like every now and then you'd see in the past like someone would sneak in there and, and maybe get an offensive rebound. Obviously Rudy and Fave and the, the bigs that have been here you obviously kind of um, rely on getting a couple just because they're down in the paint a lot but I mean Royce crashes every time Donovan's getting in there like Mike gets in there if he takes a shot in the paint it's a, a good chance for him to try and sneak one if he if he misses it and, um, uh, I think when we first were sitting there talking about kind of in preseason how we wanted to play and what they thought was successful and or would be successful, not not that anyone doubted it, but it was like, yeah, it's going to... Like, uh, me and Rudy uh, have been here the whole time. 
it's just a, a different way, obviously, to, to think about how we're playing. Like, I now it's natural, almost. Like, I, I know if I can get out and run to the corner, there's a really good chance Donovan's going to be able to break the pain and I'm going to get a wide-open three. And if it's 20 on the clock or two on the clock, Quinn wants me to, to shoot it, which is an awesome feeling, obviously, as a player for, for everyone to know that your coach and, and the whole coaching staff is like almost yelling like shoot it as the ball's coming to you because they they have so much belief in, in that style and obviously the, the players we have out there to, to shoot the ball and um, I mean there's uh, I think it happened last game but I, I know it's happened this year we have three four offensive rebounds in a row and I think we shoot we've shot threes on every time we've got like we've Rudy's got it kicked it out I've shot it I've missed it Royce gets it, kicks out, Donovan shoots it, someone else misses and rebounds it, throws it to Boyan and he hits it. And we haven't played that way and everybody's bought into it. And obviously with our record now and, and what we do on the defensive end, it's obviously uh, it, it gets us more possessions and more possessions to shoot threes. And, and obviously threes are a, a good thing in the NBA when you've got whatever, five, six guys that shoot at a high percentage. So, um, I mean, it's hard. It's like you said... Sorry for the long-winded answer, but it's like you said, like it, it's a dedication and a hard way to play. Like to, to sprint up and down the floor that often, um, and to like to shoot the three. And then if you, if I shoot from the corner in front of the bench, I've got to sprint all the way back to the opposite corner to pick up Jalen Brown or, or whatever the matchup is. So um, it's a commitment from our team, and, and we've made that commitment, and I think we've done a, a really good job of it so far. But. We're what one third of the way through the year, so we, we've we've got to keep it up. But uh, yeah, if it's if it's working, we're obviously going to keep doing it. So you cracked me up on Sunday when you laughed at Donovan for not getting that rebound and not getting that triple-double. So I was laughing at you laughing at Donovan. And my thought for you as I saw that was, okay, you guys are starting to win. You got, you've got tied the franchise record for best starts. All sorts of publicity is going to come your way. How as important is it now as the pressure ramps up to make sure you guys have these fun, lighthearted moments? Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, win-lose, win, I think we've done a, a pretty good job, and obviously coach is a big part of that, of of really just kind of staying the course of, like, my first year winning 20 games or, or this year winning 20 already. Um, that, like, kind of, like, long process, but, but we have to enjoy it. I mean, it's, uh, I've said, I think in every post-game interview I've had this year, how good a group of guys we've got, and not just like good guys that do the right, like, but, but fun guys. Like, we, we really enjoy each other's company. It's why JC was so quick to come back. It's why Faye wanted to come back. Um, we, we've got, so, like, it's, it's, and it's, I know fans, like, I, I've read tweets before, like, man, you guys just look like you have so much fun together. Like, uh, and it, uh, I, think, I think a lot of teams can look like that. Like, you can look like you enjoy your teammate, or like, playing well together and smiling and whatever, but we actually genuinely, like, our locker room is hilarious. Our plane rides are hilarious. Like, we have such different personalities and guys and every, everyone legitimately from 1 to 18 or how many players are on a roster now gets along really well. Like, it's such a it's such a fun group to be around and, and things happen on the court that are funny and that are, that are fun. And, they, like, I mean, it's... It would have been great for Donovan to get a triple-double, but it's also hilarious that he missed the mark one rebound. Like, <laughs> just, just, like, just go and get one more rebound. Like, it's not that hard. Um, 
so it's yeah. I mean, we we really enjoy our time together, and honestly, I think uh, I I'm a big believer that that pay, plays a big part in in your chemistry and the way you play on court. We've had it with the Australian team for since 2007 when I first made the team. Like when you have such a good dude, group of guys that enjoy each other's company and have one common goal of, of trying to trying to win, um, it, it makes it very fun. And I mean, when Shaq makes comments like that and Donovan's first response is that he hates that it's taken away from a good win from our team, like he didn't address the comments, he addressed that he wanted it to be about our group. Um, that, that's pretty special to me. So, um, yeah, we have, we, have a, we have a lot of fun. It's, it's good times. So uh, I'm curious, you know, people wonder about the day-in and day-out life of an NBA player. And certainly we all watched that Sunday game with the Pacers, and you guys are really dragging, and it was the third game in less than 72 hours and all that. And I'm wondering uh, what, when you see the schedule – and you realize I have a day where I don't play a game and I don't fly. Like, how much energy do you get back when you have one day like that? Or now you're going through the stretch where you have a couple days where you're not flying or playing. How much does that, you know, re-energize you? Because obviously, you don't always, you're not always dragging like you were that day in Indiana. And, and we talked about how you found a way to win a different way, which is really important. But how long before you really get the energy back? And what does one day mean without a plane flight or a game? Yeah, I mean, it's. I actually just said to Renee this morning, I was like, it's really bizarre that we're not playing tonight. Like, we haven't really had this kind of stretch. And it's obviously only two days or whatever it is, but um, just bizarre. Like, in my mind, I was, like, waking up this morning thinking we were playing just because that's typically how the schedule goes. And um, it is nice. I, I think it just gives you an extra day for, for everything to obviously, like, for me and Renee and, and our family to, to have another day where I get to put the kids to bed and have dinner with them and, and that kind of stuff is is obviously really like stuff that I really enjoy doing. So to to be able to to be able to sit there and um, give Miller and, and Jacob and Jack a kiss goodnight at actually their bedtime and not at three o'clock in the afternoon before going to a game. Um, it is something that I, I really enjoy. So that, that part of it's awesome. Um, and then just, yeah, the, the recovery of your body to, to be able to have that time. Um, as um, crazy as people probably think that we can just play every day because we get paid a lot of money to play basketball, your, your body gets extremely kind of beat up over the time. So, um, yeah, just the, the, the day of recovery, like you said, not flying, being able to, to, to sleep in your own bed for, for another night. Um, all, all of those things combined, to be able to have dinner yourself with, with your wife or, or girlfriend or whoever's at home with you. Um, obviously, we still come in. We, we came in yesterday for a little bit. We, we'll have a, a bit of a practice today um, and get what we need to get done um, heading into to tomorrow's game. But it is, it, it is very refreshing to be able to get those extra couple nights in your own bed and, and in your own house where obviously you're, you're very comfortable. So Mike was out, and you respond, particularly against the Celtics, with a, a high point total. You get to the line. I don't know if it was your NBA career record for most attempts, probably close. Was it a conscious it effort or just sort of happen as the game unfolds? Um. 
I mean, I've never in my life gone into a game thinking I need to get to the free throw line, which is probably why I never get to the free throw line. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, it just a, yeah, I think like just the kind of the, the course of the game. Um, we were lucky. I think I said it. They asked me after the game the other night. Like I think it was the second or third quarter. We had like six and a half, seven minutes of free throws, and then in the last quarter, we I think we were both in there pretty early, but we were a few minutes before them. Um, so it's just not a, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know, I've never, uh, it's crazy because you, you see it all the time, like Chris Paul, as soon as they get in the bonus, they run this one action where he gets it on the wing and he swings his arms through and he gets free throws. Like it's a, a conscious effort for him and yeah. to, to get to the free throw line. It, it slows the game down for whatever the scenario is. He gets to the line. Maybe his team needs that kind of break in the play or he needs to get going, whatever it is. And, and he obviously consciously thinks about it, which is, it's really a hell of a play. If you think about it, it's just a very smart thing to do. Um, I'm probably thinking about way too many other things than that at the moment. But um, yeah, I just, yeah, I was, I was trying to play in the flow of our, our, our game. Obviously, I, had, I set a post game, obviously, with, with Mike out. I had the ball in my hands a little bit more and some more opportunities to, to create. And I, was able to get in the paint a couple of times and draw some fouls. A couple of them were kind of touch fouls that, that was just coincidentally that they were in, in, in the, the bonus already. But, um, yeah, just a bit more of a, I guess, a, a, a lucky coincidental thing than me trying to um, trying to think about it. But what we do talk about, I guess, in, in timeouts of, like, hey, we're in the bonus with five minutes to go. Like, let's... Obviously, we want to shoot threes, but we also want to attack the paint. So if we can hit Rudy and he can he can get a finish and get fouled, or we can get someone else to the line in the flow of the game, it's obviously a, 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 an easy two points. And it's uh, it kind of like like I said about the Chris Paul thing, it kind of kind of breaks the play up for a little bit. You, you get a bit of a break and you, you figure it out what you're doing next. You get to set your defense. Um, so it is a it is a good play as well. Um, but yeah. It's, uh, I, I definitely don't ever consciously think about it. Well, just know, Joe, that it's not just your teammates and your coach who have confidence in you in that corner three. Your listeners, <laughs> our listeners, but your listeners on your show are pretty pumped to see you shooting 11 threes against Boston. They, they, they believe you're going to knock down a, a, a pretty high percentage of those, which you, you've done a couple times this year, and, and both times you've knocked down a high percentage. So let it fly. That is the message from our listeners. As, uh, and I believe, uh, too. That's right. We, and PK, I do believe, too. I'm a believer. <laughs> Joe, I uh, believe. No more, no more passing. I'm shooting every time I throw There you go. Yeah. Let, it, let it fly. Fire All right, Joe, I know you gotta go, uh, you got to go face the swab. We don't want to keep you from that. Good grief, man. That's got to be the highlight I'm of your I'm sitting day. here now looking at, looking at people get swabbed through the window, and I know I'm about to be that person in about 30 seconds. <laughs> there you go. All right. Joe, thanks for the time. Good luck, and we will talk to you again next week. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. There is the one, the only, Joe Ingles, and he joins us every week. Jazz and Joe, back at it tonight. The Milwaukee Bucks. Hey, Yuck, what time is that game? Is that at 7 or at 8? It's at 7? Oh, yeah, it is. That's because I'm working at Channel 2 tonight. It was 8 o'clock games. I can't do post game for the 8 o'clock games. You just have to take it live if we get it at all. And sometimes that post game is going until like 11.30 at night, these late games. 7 o'clock tonight. Nice, normal time slot and everything. Jazz and the Bucks. Good game tonight. Two of the top five teams in the league. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines are on the way. Stay with us. 